Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Start with the past. There's nothing you can do to change it. So throw it out. Take out the trash. The trash is anything that is keeping you from the only thing that matters. See you in the Super Bowl. It's Bears Nation Podcast. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. Mac will take it all the way in for a touchdown. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. And Jake Hassan. What I'd really like to do is put the greatness of this man in perspective. Phenomenally good. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Bears Nation Podcast, January 31st, Monday, 2022, and the it's all coming together. I love it when a plan comes together, and it's all coming together. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka, and we got a lot to talk about. Last week, we brought you the news of the Bears hiring of Ryan Poles as GM, and this week, we bring you the news and breakdown, well, further breakdown of Ryan Poles, but also breakdown of your new head coach, Matt Eberflus, Eberflus, whatever, I don't know. It's gonna, the thing with Chicago is that we're already at like four different pronunciations of your head coach's name. It's we're at like, Yeah, we're at Eberflus, and, but it's just gonna be all, like the whole naggy, naggy thing, like that's gonna, it's just gonna be a bloodbath. And I've already done it once because I'm a moron. So Matt Eberflus, <laughs> defensive coordinator, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, comes to Chicago as your new head coach. Both the GM and the head coach spoke today, talked about Justin Fields, talked about what they're going to mold the team, what the vision for the team is. And it's cautious optimism, I think, is where we're, we're back on that cautiously optimistic because they said the right things. And granted, it's hard to screw up an opening press conference. They would have had to, like, say that Justin Fields is the worst guy on the face of the planet and that he's not an athlete and among a host of other things um, to not have walked away from that positively. George McCaskey didn't open his mouth very much. Huge positive, huge win. Let other people do the talking. Great. Fantastic. Because we know what happened the last time George McCaskey talked for too long. So all in all, a generally good feeling coming from the Chicago Bears as an organization on today, January 31st, Kevin Lefka, how are we doing? Doing well. And I agree. I mean, I, I agree entirely. Like uh, Bears fans were very reactionary to this news. Like they were. And, and, and I was too. I tweeted it. You tweeted it. You texted me. It, it was sort of the underwhelming pick for head coach. I mean, that let's, let's just be right. honest, right? Because even among the three finalists that we broke down in our last episode, we were on that episode. We were basically, we, we, we said, dismissed I said, we just, we, we, yes, dismissed it. we didn't even talk we about dismissed it. it. We like, he somehow went under the radar, although he was the first one to get that second interview. And he was supposedly mm-hmm. the front runner at the time, but the rumbling started to come about Jig Caldwell and Dan Quinn, and then people were like, well, now that Poles is G- the GM and he's conducting the hiring process, will he bring along Brian Dabble, bring him into the mix, Byron Leftwich? And then all of a sudden it was, okay, no, it's Matt Eberflus, and people were kind of mm-hmm. caught off guard by that, myself included. And at the time, I-, I posted a reactionary tweet. I said, I don't really know how excited I am by this. It doesn't really get me juiced up. Then, you know, I, I see the press conference. I went back. I watched a little bit of Hard Knocks and saw what he's able to do with Indianapolis. I watched some videos. I read some you, things. You must and be one of like 12 people that watched that then. That was a good show. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was cool to actually see the inner workings of a team during the season versus when they do it in training camp and see how they prepare for games, which was actually a really interesting look. But quite frankly, although you're clowning me for it, it was a really like that's the best. I'm not, look I'm not clowning for you for it. Like, just, I know like you don't think people watched it. I just I just didn't like I don't think people watch, like I didn't hear anything about it. No, nobody yeah, tweeted that, about that's it. Really it, true. It had like and maybe it's because and that we'll get back to the actual bear stuff in a second. But like compared to Hard Knocks preseason, like people right. get juiced up for it. Like people are like, oh, Hard Knocks is awesome. People tweet a million clips a week about it, as opposed to this time, nothing. Like I I saw a couple tweets, mostly nothing. So I don't know. That's just anyway, 
Back to the actual football. Sorry, continue your. No, you're right. I mean, no, you're right. It hasn't gotten that much traction. Maybe that's good. Maybe if other teams were watching Hard Knocks, they would have thought uh, and seen more about Matt Eberflus. And maybe you know George McCaskey and Ryan Poles have been watching it, and that's how they got turned on. But you know, I, I like I'm watching it, and that's like the best example you're going to get of how you know weekly a coach is going to conduct himself and and talk to his players and prepare for a game. And it was a really interesting look. Like the the things that I took away was. The guy is extremely detailed. The guy is extremely, you know, you know, hard work ethic oriented. And he expressed that a lot in the press conference. He's a very smart guy. He knows how to command a room. And I think a lot of the things that he says really feels like it comes from the heart. So although we were all a little bit reactionary to the news and the fact that the name itself wasn't that exciting. First of all, we, we have to address the fact that who he hired has been really good as well. I mean, Luke Getze, I think, is an offensive coordinator yep. we can get behind and we can break that down later. But we said from the start in this whole process, regardless of who it was, that the the names that follow the head coach name as an aggregate are probably more important than the head coach itself. And, right. and, and, that's some, and that's something Matt Eberflus even said in the press conference. He said, you know, this is about us being a staff. This is about the coaches down the line. This is not just about me. Uh, and I think you know, you know, Rich, Rich Bisaccia is rumored to be special teams coordinator. Like if you can get a lot of those guys in the building who kind of reflect the things that Matt Eberflus said in the press conference, I'm, I'm going to be pretty excited. So we can, I think let's start with that press conference and kind of, cause that's the first time we see both these guys, you know, on camera with the media saying exactly what the philosophy of the well, Chicago Bears quick, will be for the next four years. Real quick. But, I want to circle to something that you talked about the coaches who are coming after. And last week we said, you know, the head coach, it really doesn't matter. It, it depends a lot on the staff you're going to get. And we'll talk about some of the things that Iberflu said about how the staff is going to work and how play calling things like that are going to work. But we're getting a lot of people from the Colts staff, defensive side at least, coming with. I believe the safeties coach, the linebackers coach, Cornerbacks. which is huge, is huge. Uh, corners. Was it safety? I think it was both. Might have been both. I know. I thought I, thought I saw, I, I or maybe it was the safeties coaches up for DC, and it has been announced yet. I think you're right. What's been announced is the linebackers coach and the corners coach are coming to Chicago with Maddie Rufus, mm-hmm. which the linebackers coach is huge because I mean, look at Darius Leonard alone, and then look at what Roquan Smith already is. So there's a level there that you immediately can see that Roquan Smith can kick up to. So that's great. But yeah. I mean, let's talk about that press conference. Again, they said all of the right things. They said a lot of things you want to hear. Ryan Ryan Poles was a little too rah-rah for me. Like a really? Little bit, I didn't think a, so, A though. little bit. It was a little – it was slightly over the top. No, there, there, I like disagree. The, the, it was a little bit. I know It, it was a little say. corny. You're, you're talking the, about the North the, quote. The take back the North and never give it back. I actually liked yeah. that. But there was something I can't remember now off the top of my head. There was something he said that was just like – at the end, I was just – in my head, I was like – Ooh, like it was just like it, it was a little too like forced inspiration there, almost slightly so. i liked it though i it, it played it played for a guy it who's played. a former o-lineman it makes sense 37 guys it makes sense so it, mm-hmm. that's the only thing but otherwise i mean i thought he said the right things they both yeah did. they both did and i mean uh, quite frankly their responses weren't very long either of them like when you watch it like they had very quick very short quick to the point responses but that's what we like to see like i don't need matt Nagy to give me four minutes and something of something that you can tell me in 20 seconds these right. guys told us what we need to know in 20 seconds or less boom you know you ask me a question that's very straightforward i'm not going to find a million different ways to answer your question i'm going to answer your question with one direct answer and it's going to be right. brief it's going to be quick it's going to be to the point and like I saw a lot of people who were, you know, doing the whole. I, I think it was it might have been Adam Hogue or somebody else who does the, you know, reply to that press conference with one or describe that press conference in one tweet and I or one word. And I think a lot of people were saying refreshing, and that's really what it was. And this goes back to what I said initially about Matty Reflus was I think a lot of what he says and Ryan Poles as well. It really you could tell it's genuine, and you could tell it comes from the heart, and you can tell that it it, it he means it like. With Matt Nagy, and I again, we kind of probably got caught up in the fact that we were already so annoyed with him that we like looked at his press conferences through a different lens. But just watching that and the way they, you know, responded to those questions, it felt like it was real. It felt like it was authentic, and that is the most refreshing thing for Bears fans right now because everything we've heard for the past four years has all been crap. It's all been lies. It's all been, you know, or or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it is. We don't know. It's all 
no transparency. No one knows what's going on. No one knows if what the coach is saying is true or not. So to have a clean slate, a fresh start where, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we really mean. This is how we're going to run the team. And we're very true to that is something that is, you know, again, you see most of the time in these situations, but for what Bears fans have been through and even the Bears players and the Bears organization for the longest time, I'm, I'm sure there were guys, you know, on the team who are watching that back home thinking, okay, this is this is what I want to see out of my head coach, out of my GM, very straight to the point, very true in what they're saying. Um, and that that's what just struck me was it, it felt real, felt authentic, and it felt like both those guys really were determined to to bring this franchise back to a winning mentality. Yeah, it seems like they have a plan. Like it, it seems right. like a they, plan. they yes. know what they want to do, <clears throat> which I mean – Obviously, you would hope so because they went through however many interviews, what two interviews each, and you know, obviously they got the job for a reason. So, but it, they just sounded like, okay, here's the plan, here's how we're going to execute it, and then we'll go from there. The biggest thing I think, and, and this comes from what Matt Eurflus when he talked, is he's not going to force the players into a certain system. He's going to fit this. He's going to he's going to uh, tailor the system to the players. Crazy idea. I the really groundbreaking stuff really here this this could have you seen this have you heard about this this idea crazy really you're gonna revolutionize the nfl here i think with this crazy idea of uh tailoring your scheme to your players so that's great obviously for justin fields first thing that comes to mind is with him Mm -hmm. um they both have positive things to say about justin field that he's athletic and that they like what they see from him on tape blah 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 obviously that's the big question because justin fields is the whole big piece in all of this as it is so that I mean, yeah, it's it's good. And and what's more important, I think, is when Mark Tresman got hired, Jay Cutler never spoke. When Matt Nagy was hired, yep. you know, um Mitch Trubisky never spoke. Justin Fields was there today. Justin Fields talked 10 minutes after Matty Refus and Ryan Poles did. Mm-hmm. So already day one, quote unquote, you know, day one of this new regime, this new era of Bears football, and you already have alignment. GM, coach, quarterback. Everybody was in the building together. Everyone talked on the same day. Everybody talked about each other, asked questions, were asked questions about the others. Everybody was like, yeah, this is, you know, we really, everyone, the GM, the coach, the quarterback, all said in some way, shape, or form, yeah, I'm excited. I feel good about what we've briefly talked about. Obviously, they haven't had many conversations yet, but it feels like for the first time in a long time, the Bears are aligned in some way. And yes. which is good because we've long said that this is a organization that is built all helter skelter and ass backwards. So for the first time, it feels like you are moving in the right direction as a collective unit, which you don't see very often as Bears fans. No, you don't. And and that wasn't the case when, you know, Ryan Pace first hired Matt Nagy. It didn't feel that way. And it was, you know, they they quote said it was an alignment and a collaboration between Trubisky and Nagy and Pace and that that just wasn't the case and it wasn't an alignment you know even when they drafted Justin Fields like there was no alignment there was you know the factor of Randy Dalton and then there was always the factor of Nick Foles before that there has never been in the past five six years a clear alignment between the three most important parts of your football team which are the quarterback the head coach and the GM and that's what's really refreshing and I thought the way that Ryan Poles spoke about Justin Fields was kind of uh, indicative as well and, and really got me excited about what they want to do and the fact that they're going to build around him. They're, they they recognize the strength. They recognize what he's good at, and they're going to to build around that and build around what he's good at and bring players to the team that are going to fit what he does well. And that's exactly what the, the past, you know, the previous regimes did not do. They did not tailor to the strengths of the quarterback, whether that was Mitch Trubisky, whether it was Nick Foles, whether it was Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. I don't care who it was. They did not tailor to the strengths of the most important player in the most important position of all sports. So that is the number one thing. And I got excited a little bit because when they started talking about that, when they started talking about, you know, who, what type of players are we going to bring in? You know, and Matt Eberflus said, you know, a little bit about his philosophy as a coach. He said this, he said, quote, we will play a high tempo, a high effort, attacking physical style built upon speed, quickness and explosive athletic ability. And just that last line, like I'm a big athleticism guy and that makes me really excited. Speed, quickness and explosive athletic ability. That's the way that like those are the types of players you have to find in today's NFL. And when you look at Ryan Poole's past as a GM with Kansas City, 
it's not surprising that they are targeting those types of players because you look at the Kansas City roster. What does every single player on the Kansas City roster have in common? They are all, at least on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, they're all fast as hell. Every single one of those players at their position is faster than probably the average in the league. So to understand that, and, you know, I think a lot of what Eberflus said about, you know, the explosiveness and the quickness that he wants to play with comes from, you know, a lot of the defenses that he has coached in the past have been extremely quick, fast defenses. And that is something that you need. Like you can get away with lower talent level. If you have a defense that's going to get to the ball as fast as they possibly can, is going to get takeaways, is going to, you know, just make plays and be the fastest unit on the field, that's an extremely deadly threat to have. So I'll ask you, just looking at that identity, what did you kind of make of the philosophy? They kind of laid out the plan, but also the philosophy, how they're going to play. It was a lot of effort based. It was a lot of, you know, we're going to, I think there was a time where he said they better get their run issues on because they're going to be running a lot. They're going to focus on conditioning, all those things. I really like that philosophy, but where are you at with the way he kind of detailed that? Yo, I mean, I think, again, I think it works. I think it's, I don't want to say refreshing because Matt Nagy did kind of have that sort of culture type situation, but back to how Iberflus is like going to run his team or how he said he's going to run the team with that, obviously the get your running shoes on, we're going to hustle. We're going to get after the ball, blah, 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 obviously. But he also said that he's going to delegate responsibilities. He's kind of going to be like the top guy. Like he's going to be like the executive, whatever you want to call it. Like, kind of the director of the team more so than anything. Like he's not going right. to focus just like he's going to have someone exactly. for the offense, which is going to be probably Luke Getze. He's going to have someone for the defense. He said he won't call defensive plays. Right. So he's going to be more of the guy who's the very, very top, like the final save of everything. But what comes with that is building that identity and building, you know, figuring out what the team is going to be. So I like it. I mean, I think it, it's different because Matt Nagy, Tried to do everything. He tried to do too much at exactly. once. He tried to have his hand in everything as opposed to having one guy take care of this, have one guy take care of this. And then at the end of the day, okay, you know, Matt Nagy would always say, well, at the end of the day, I make the final call. Well, you had too much else going on. You couldn't make those decisions because you didn't have people you trusted. You didn't delegate appropriately. It right. sounds like Eraflus is going to be a big delegate guy and he'll oversee the big picture. And I think that's good. I think that's what makes a good head coach. I think that's what exactly. makes a good team because you have everybody, you have guys that you trust taking care of these things. And then the big picture stuff comes back to you and then you can start to make decisions. And with the play calling is huge, obviously. Um, I think he got the OC call right or as right as you were going to get it um, with some of these guys that we were hearing. So I like it. I think it's, I think it's great. I think, if he can instill that philosophy or that identity of, all right, we're going to get after it. Great. Awesome. I mean, that's, isn't that what bears fans have been clamoring for forever? Get after the ball and get back to the monsters of the midway mentality right. and be game wreckers. Like this is what bears fans have been screaming for forever. So I think it's great. I mean, I, I think it's, it's good. And to address one of the comments that like came up uh, here, I don't know how you think they punted on, on the GM or coach. Like this was clearly a very thorough process that they actually yeah. did right for once. So I, I get it. I get it. You it's uninspiring. Poles wasn't really a name. You knew Iberflus wasn't the sexy pick. He wasn't the guy that you like. He wasn't the big name, but this is what I'll say about, <clears throat> because here's what I'll say about Iberflus. He's uninspiring, kind of, just because you don't really know who he is. I'd much rather roll the dice with Matt, because he could be great. He could be awesome. He could be tremendous. And we know that he's already picking off the Shanahan and McVay tree. Awesome. So step in the right direction already, right there. I'd rather do that than retread. And I said this to you, I would rather do that than retread with Jim Caldwell or Jim Harbaugh. You know, those guys are knowns. And I get it. There's some safety there. But give me the roll of the dice with Eberflus. If he's awesome, then we're going to like, even, I agree. If he's, even if he's solidly above average, perfect. Great. That's, that's perfectly fine with me. Then Jim Harbaugh, who's playing this. Oh, will he, won't he game better than Jim Caldwell, who flamed out twice. And, and you know, whatever you're definitely not flamed out, but he's already had two shots at it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get you there. Granted it was with the lions and the remnants of paint Manning's neck at one point, but still like the, it's retread. Give me I the agree. roll of the dice with the unknown commodity because he could be a slam 
dunk. I get it because be. we're, we're expecting disappointment. And maybe Rob's in the right mentality here to expect disappointment. So if they do go 0-10 next year, oh, well, I called it. Okay, great. Congratulations. You were right. What does that get you? We're in the same spot. They're not going to fire him after one year. So exactly. might as well roll. Like, I don't see how that's punting. I, I, I don't see how that's punting. It's, I don't, it's it, not punting at all. Because punting, punting on this would have been if the Bears did the same old same old thing that they always do. And Ted Phillips was making the decisions. And if they made this decision like that, you know, mm-hmm. this was a two week process. Like this, this was clearly something And Ryan Poles clearly was the one that made the decision on the coach. That's what so, George Vukaski said so straight from his mouth. I, I disagree respectfully that they punted on this. Now, could it blow up in three years? We're right back in the same situation. Absolutely. That's any sport ever. That's what happens. But we could also be sitting here in three years being like, this is great. The next 10 years are set up phenomenally. I don't know. I, I mean, we can't know. We, we can know. And I, I think, honestly, like there is something to be said about that sort of under the radar guy where sometimes the pressure and sometimes all the talk about some of those other guys, it doesn't work out. You know, I mean, how many times have we seen the hottest commodity coach? you know, not be the guy who ends up being the best in the hiring cycle. Like it, it's not always this is also what a you very think it's going to be. Weird hiring cycle. Yeah. This a lot of openings, a lot of, weird, yeah. Like, the Raiders, Josh McDaniels is suddenly the head coach out of nowhere. Like it's been very odd. It has been. And I'm look, I, again, like I said, I, I was the one who advocated for Jim Caldwell and I would have found my reasons to believe that Jim Caldwell would have been a good head coach, but I'm not going to sit here and say that Matt Eberflus isn't going to be a good head coach for this team. The more you look at it, the more you do the research, the more you understand that the, the qualities that they were looking for, are the qualities that he possesses, the reason why you understand why they made the decision, they were looking for a leader. And that's what they said from the start. That's what Ryan Poles said in the press conference today. He said, we were looking for leaders. We were looking for a guy who's going to bring, you know, this type of mentality that we want, this hardworking mentality, who's going to, you know, be developmental based is something that I thought was really, um, that was really key as well. And Matt Eerflus fit that mold. And if you want to sit here and think that, oh, this is the same old bears to keep hiring the underwhelming guy. And, and, and this guy, they're not going to get it right. They're not going to get it right. All of this. Well, the reason why I tell you that that's not going to be true anymore is because someone else made the, de- someone else different made the decision. If we were sitting here today discussing this, knowingly that George McCaskey made the decision, yeah, I might, I might be in that well, line of thinking, but well, he did not make the decision. It was Ryan Poole, so I have oh, more okay. belief that it's right. Okay. Yeah, for the coach, I have more belief that it's right because Ryan Poole's is the one who made the decision, not George McCaskey, not Ted, not anybody else, and that should give you a little bit of hope uh, as well. So I don't like. And the other thing, too, is the reason why Bears are upset about this and the reason why a lot of people on the outside of the organization looked at this name and said, this guy is not an offensive coach. Therefore, because of that, you don't check that box. He is therefore not going to be a good head coach because for the Chicago Bears because he will not be able to j- develop Justin Fields. We talked about this already. The yeah, guy who everybody wanted comes from a team whose head coach is defensive. Sean McDermott mm-hmm. is a defensive head coach and Brian Dabble is the one who developed Justin Fields. And sure, the head coach still has a, a say in, in, in things. And, and the thing that's most indicative about a defensive head coach and the thing that should get you excited about that and the thing that Matt Eberflus said today was as a defensive-minded coach, and he will leverage this, he can go into the room and show the offensive coordinator and show Justin Fields exactly what a defense will be thinking in majority of the yep. situations. Justin Fields and said that. Justin Fields said that too in his press conference. And that's something that is super, super underrated when you hire uh, a defensive head coach, but having that perspective is extremely valuable. So you don't have to look at this and say, well, he's not an offensive. Uh, he's not an offensive mind. Therefore, Justin Fields career is over. The right. people are literally making that association that because they didn't hire an offensive head coach, Justin Fields will not be able to develop as a quarterback. And that is arguably the most untrue thing of all time. Uh, look at Bill Belichick. Look at a majority of other coaches who have developed star quarterbacks. It's not always the case that they're an offensive guru who has to develop this guy. So have a positive outlook on it. There's a lot more to it than just is he offensive or defensive minded. That's a lot more than that. Right. It's it's not as simple as that. And th- to go back to Justin Fields, it seems like he really likes Matt Eberflus, which is great, obviously, because we all speculated and there was a sense that there was kind of a disconnect between Justin Fields and uh, Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Justin Fields said today, like. Eh, 
you know, oh, he's he seems like real sure of himself, and he says he he seems really calm, and that kind of goes back to the whole, you know, oh, what Coach Laser, he's really calm in the headset. So I love the Russian bots that we get first of all in the I know. chat. Here Very super not annoying at all and totally normal. Uh, Try to pronounce anyway. this guy's name. Donnie Shao Yu Johnson F. Try to pronounce his name. This Dude, Russian it's a guy. it's an algorithm made. I mean Donnie Shao Yu Johnson but F. I, I want to go to uh to a comment that our boy I am Scott said he's been here for weeks. Um he brought up the point of Paul saying that he wants to build through the draft. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. always the goal. And then uh and shout out I'm Scott said, you know, trade Mac or Quinn, which I've been saying that could be a possibility for a long time. I don't know if it will. Um, I don't know if Kevin meant to put me on a single shot or if he just exited out the channel, but I'm just going to wax poetic here for a second. Building through the drift is always what you're going to want to do. Always, always, always. Like it's just, it's how the good teams are made. You don't, Ryan Pace for everything. Hey, Kevin, welcome back. Ryan Pace for everything, for how aggressive he was with the draft. You're not, if you consistently give away draft picks like that, you're going to run into issues. And that's what we exactly. saw because you're going to put yourself th- behind the eight ball. I'm fine with wanting to build through the draft. If Ryan pulls, <laughs> if you're, if you're getting aggressive for the right guy, like a Justin Fields, great. Perfect. Awesome. That's uh, arguably when you should, um, you know, that's perfectly fine with me. You can't do it every year and you can't do it every round. You, you have to pick and choose your spots. Ryan Pace, yes. Did he have a penchant for finding these guys in the middle rounds and trading up and knowing his guys? Yes. Did he also screw that up sometimes? Anthony Miller, a great example. Trading back into the second round to take Anthony Miller. Looked like a slam dunk in the first, at first and the rookie year, and then you got it wrong. And then, okay, now what do we do with these? You know, we're missing all these draft picks. So luckily for Ryan Poles, while you don't have a first-round pick this year, you do still have the, you already have the quarterback. So you're not going to have to worry about that. Uh, you think you have two solid offensive linemen, which is also great. So I, I think you have something there. Um, shout out Damien Hernandez too, because he mentioned the trade through the draft thing, build through the draft. And he mentioned Allen Robinson, uh, that, that the trade build through the draft concerns him because that doesn't feel like you're going to uh, resign Robinson. You're not extending Robinson. We knew that as soon as the season ended. We knew it yeah. before the season ended. Allen Robinson's probably not coming back. Darnell Mooney is clearly Justin Fields' guy. Allen Robinson is also isn't going to be worth the money that he's demanding. He slow he not slowly, I guess, but he very quickly deteriorated for his game. I'd rather go give Devontae Adams $30 million if you can. Go do that. Chris Godwin. I mean, yeah, there, there's better options than Allen Robinson out there. I love yeah, Allen Robinson. Are. I think he was great. I think he was what you signed him to be. When you signed him, you took a risk, and I think you definitely got back on your investment there. Paid off. It was great. That time has ended. It's <laughs> To uh, use a phrase that <laughs> Lovey Smith likes to use a lot, especially at in Illinois, divorce is good sometimes. And I think this is just this is the right move for both the Bears and Allen. Somebody's going to pay him. Somebody, Somebody will pay will him. Pay it him. just won't be the Bears, and he'll find a better city, whether that's in Baltimore, whether that's in Tampa, where – Wherever it is, it's not going to be Chicago, and that's fine because you have Darnell Mooney ready to take up uh, the mantle as the number one receiver, and you could theoretically sign a Godwin or a Devontae Adams. So I think to reel this all back in, to not get too macro, I think they have their heads in the right space, and I think everything that they've said so far has worked, and it seems like there's a genuine connection with Justin Fields already, which is arguably the most important part of all of this. Yeah, I would agree. And to go back to the whole bill for the drafting, hey, at least they didn't say they're going to draft a QB in every uh, every draft. That's yeah, uh, and then that, not that's do a it. positive. And and then I'll do it as well. Um, like if you're going to make a claim that bold, you might as well just freaking follow up on it. But the thing that uh, stands out to me now when you talk about uh, I, I forget when we were I, I think oh it was, it was back to the trading Mac and Quinn comment. Here's the reason why I don't think they'll do it anymore. And the reason why I think Matt Eberflus is giddy to coach the Chicago Bears is he is transitioning back to a 4-3 base defense. And he said that today. And he said, now it's important to note that he's been through a transition from 3-4 to 4-3 two times already. So you don't have to worry about, well, is the transition not going to work? All that, like, that's not a problem. He's been through the transition. It's not hard to implement. Um, But boy, is this guy, he's he's probably sitting at home watching hours of tape of Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack, both as ends coming off the edge. I mean, he is probably salivating at that because last year in Indy, 
they were a really good defense. They played fast. They played, you know, they, they had the third or fifth most takeaways in the league. One of the, I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, and they had good players across the board. They had nobody on the edges, nobody mm-hmm. on the edge there in the Indy to get pressure. Now you think about having, I would say two premier pass rushers. And that's a totally valid thing to say after Robert Quinn put up yeah. the most sacks in bears franchise history. Literally two historical premier, numbers. Yeah. Two premier pass rushers off the edge. Like, uh, as well as Eddie Goldman inside, and maybe another guy you can pick up in free agency. Eddie Goldman might walk, though. Yeah, he might. Well, any anyway, Akeem Hicks isn't going to be back. So whoever you fill in there, like he is dreaming about the possibilities of that, about the pressure that you can get on the quarterback, as well as dropping seven guys back in coverage, which is kind of the um, the Colts the ran mainstay. a lot of nickel. Yeah, they, and that they ran I mean, a lot of nickel. Yeah, I mean that. Well, that's the mainstay of the four three defense. You can drop, you know, all those guys back in coverage when you have the four rushers. So, um, I I don't think they're going to trade him probably because because he's so excited about that. And as you should be. I mean, if I think with the four three defense and getting maybe one or two good free agent signings at cornerback and maybe a free safety. I I, I don't remember where Tashawn Gibson's at with his contract. I think he's up though. Um, you can turn this into a top five offense easily, our defense easily. And I, I truly yeah. believe that because, and the thing that he resonated that we talk, what do we talk about every week during the season on this show? And I guess with a podcast that just talks about turnovers, because that's what it is. I mean, that's what wins football games. Turnovers wins football games. I mean, the more you possess the football, the more likely you are to score. And, you know, in the case of the Bears between 2018 and 2021, it wasn't necessarily true because even when they got the turnover, they wouldn't be able to score off the turnover. So it's just as important to score off turnovers. But I mean, how many interceptions did the Bears have last year? I can't. You could probably count them on my on my fingers. I could probably count the number of interceptions the Bears had in 2021 on my fingers if I had to guess. So, you know, I, they, I, I'm gonna. Do, I know Isaac. I know you're in the chat. Tell, drop in the chat how many uh, interceptions the Bears had last year. Yeah, for our me. Re, Isaac's our research team today. Yeah. Shout, um, well, and actually, so shout out to Isaac Trotter. He's in the chat. The homeboy, love you. Um, kisses smooches forehead kisses for you but he actually brought a good comment uh because we have to get to the uh getsy hire as well all right let's get to getsy nailed it anytime you could take someone from the matt lafleur kyle shanahan sean McVay mm-hmm. tree you know whatever like that's a good thing and if you could take it from the packers oh also a good thing so you need it. the running game dave montgomery is your best player this year mm-hmm. Khalil herbert well, showed flashes yeah. you also theoretically have Tariq Cohen coming back at some, you would think at some point, hopefully. I think you can really see something good here. And that's not even to mention Justin Fields running ability as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think you could easily say, see an AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones type thing with the bears. You have the resources to do it. Yeah. Why not? I mean, there, there's not? literally, there's literally no reason not to. And I'll I'll make the claim right now. I think the Bears will lead the NFL in rushing next year, and that's like a very mild. That's a very mild take, if I'm being honest. And the reason I, why yeah, I don't think that's a crazy like, hot take, like, except but for I, last okay, year. I don't think it's crazy to propose that idea. It's given, yeah, because if if Larry Borum, twenty well, no, 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 no. How right, many that, did the Bears well, get on defense? Yeah, that's what we're looking for. But um, also, that is bad. <laughs> that's yeah. not great. But no, you're you're right. So, I mean, well, yeah, because the reason why is like the Ravens ever since Lamar Jackson's in there have probably been first in the NFL and rushing most of the time because Lamar Jackson's getting a thousand yards on his own and he's not even a running back. Like you're going to get yards from Justin Fields and this is going to be an offense, I believe, with Getze, uh, as long as he's smart enough, that will implement designed quarterback runs. Like that is going to be, that should be the number one thing on the list uh, that he has on the whiteboard when Justin Fields walks in is, look, we're going to tailor to your strengths. We're going to get you on the move. We're going to run a lot of play action. We're going to run a lot of bootleg, but also we're going to, you know, do a lot of design runs. And, you know, what I saw from Josh Allen against the Chiefs is exactly what I want in, in that divisional game is exactly what I want Justin Fields to do. I mean, it was every like, Third and three. Oh my God, the Bears had eight interceptions. I, that's that's what that, that's what my guess was going to be. That's eight so interceptions bad. by the Bears defense for so bad. Now, and, and, yeah, so the Bears get Thank eight you, interceptions on defense, and you wonder so why bad. they hired a guy who's you know basically biggest strength is getting takeaways for a defense. You'll wonder, that's right? So like it, bad. it it makes sense. But um, back to the Getsy thing real quick, and back to the offense. It is really intriguing, and it's almost like strange to think about how that running back room is going to shake out. I mean, we have 
zero, zero statistics, zero tape from Tariq Cohen this past year. We have a lot of Khalil Herbert, but Dave Montgomery at the same time is also the best player on the field. Uh, what are we like? What is what are we going to see? So now, don't get me wrong. This is a great problem to have. I'd love this. I love this problem. This problem gets me excited because that means you have too many good players on your team, and right. you can never have too many good players on your team. So I'm I'm intrigued to see how they figure it out, but it's not a bad thing. I mean, I know there's Packers fans out there who are like, "Well, like AJ Dillon's getting the ball too much when Aaron Jones might be the better running back." Like, if the offense is putting up points, I don't like. I it's don't have a personal, personal investment unless you're on my fantasy team that, as far as who gets gap, the yards. That gap between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones is way closer than David Montgomery to Cleo Herbert to Tariq Cohen. I, I, I think There's I would agree. There's a much bigger yeah. gap there. So it's not going to be kind of like, okay, who do we choose? They're like It's going to be mostly Montgomery. So And also, I mean, the thing is, and this is something that Paul said too, he wants to build on the lines from the offensive line and defensive line. Obviously, huge. Trenches. You, you possibly have two very key pieces at both tackle spots. You think Larry Borum, I think at worst right now, at worst right now, Borum's probably a solid offensive lineman. Like, I don't think I'm sure. Tevin sure, Jenkins fine. is an unknown commodity for the most mm-hmm. part. He showed some good things, some bad things, hopefully with a healthy offseason and a full, you know, training program and getting back into shape and whatnot. And that helps. But you, you, the blueprint is there. The thing is, like, it's going to be easy for people to say, oh, the Bears are going to be one of the worst teams in the league because they just were, obviously. Yeah, and so but were the you, Bengals. The Bengals were supposed to be one of the worst true. teams in the league this you, year. You have the pieces there. You have, obviously, we talked about the guys on defense already. Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson. I still think Eddie Jackson could be a productive NFL yes. safety. I don't know if he's going to be a star. Maybe he could be. I don't know. It's, it's a very weird thing with Eddie Jackson. I have a very love-hate relationship with him. Obviously, Mack, Robert Quinn. Then on the offense, you have this guy from Green Bay who has had about to likely have back-to-back MVP and who was the number one seed in the NFC, and then they mm-hmm. lost to the 49ers. But regardless, somebody who is expected to be a head coach in a couple of years, I think uh, I've seen that said a couple of times as well. So – you have good things here, and then you have Dave Montgomery. You have two key pieces on the offensive line, you think. You have the quarterback. You have a – I don't know if Darnell Mooney's a bona fide number one wide receiver. No. But as of this moment, he's not, but he's pretty good. So it's there. You have the blueprint. You have the foundation to be back. And, I, Kevin, I mean, you said this. You have the foundation to be back in the playoffs – in the next picture, year. like next year, in the picture in 2022 and back there in 2023, like it's there now. Obviously, it depends on how the rest of the roster shakes out, it depends on how the draft goes, it depends on what other coaches are, are hired. But this is kind of back to what we were saying about you can be optimistic about this team right now because, and again, obviously, it's easy to say the right things on day one in your first press conference. Yeah, great, it's hard to mess that up. I said that in the beginning of the show, but. It seems like they have a plan, and that alignment that I talked about earlier is arguably the most important thing. And so everyone's aligned. It seems like everyone has a line of communication with each other, which we have not seen (laughs) at all times in the past. So that's great. Obviously, Justin Fields is in a much better situation, not even from a coaching standpoint, but from a standpoint of he's not competing with anyone else. He said that today. Yeah, I know. He said today, sometimes it felt like it was switching off leadership roles between me and Andy. I didn't really know exactly. if I was if I was in a position to take that full leadership role. I know yep. that I am this year because it's it's me. I know I'm starting, and I you know I'm going to be the starter from day one. So it, you're moving in the right direction from the mess that you had at the at the when the clock hit triple zeros against the Vikings. From the mess that you had immediately after that. To you where you are now yeah. in a completely better positive direction, like way better, way better. Even from George Light Mc- years better, dude. Three weeks, yes. Ago. You're in a much better position because you have alignment, you have guys who are saying they're, they're they are you know hand in hand on what they're doing, and there's a alignment, and there's a whole okay, we're all on the same page here. Huge because you did not have that at all three weeks ago. 
And I think it was like when you talk about that alignment, yeah, again, it's an easy thing to say. We talked about all, you know, last year about how, oh, you know, they want to preach collaboration, but it never really felt that way. Something that Ryan Poles said in his introductory press conference was when he was doing the head coach interviews in the search, he said he was looking for a brother. And like that was for some reason, like that's a very 37 year old, you know, type thing to say is like you're looking for a brother. And he said, like, I, I think I found my brother in Matt Eberflus. Like, that's my brother, and we're going to get to work. Like, that is a like that's a genuine connection. And, like, you can think that's cliche all you want. Well, we we that's, did also me, hear that about Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Though, did we too. hear about them? Yeah, was, yeah, was that exact – was that verbatim? Not, not that exact wording, but it was a very much, like, the same type of, oh, like, oh these guys are – these guys are so connected. They're – I mean, you always saw them together. Well, not really because Ryan Pace was never really around in general. Yeah, but. I, it just, it never felt real though. And that like, the, again, that's why I say a lot of this press conference, it felt real. That connection feels more genuine than it ever was with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And, and that was evident even after like the first time they they spoke together. So, uh, and again, like, I think part of it too is, you know, with Nagy and Pace, it was okay. One has already been here. One's coming in. This is both coming sure. in at the same time. It's completely new, completely, you know, clean state, wholly different process totally different inputs. Like th there's, there's differences. There are differences now back to, you know, I want to touch a little bit on the fact that, you know, Jake said this team can compete in 2022 and, and could be looking at a Super Bowl in 2023. I mean, you have every reason to believe they could be looking at a Super Bowl. Um, and well, I guess that would technically be, so there's this, not this season, but the next, not this season, not this upcoming season, but the season after that. So in two seasons, you could be looking at a Super Bowl. And given you know the current state of the NFL and who is currently in the Super Bowl, it is true because two years ago, the Cincinnati Bengals were the worst team in the National Football League, and they now find themselves in the Super Bowl. And if you do things the right way and you have an established core, and I would say the Bears' core now is probably stronger than what the Bengals' core was two years ago after they drafted Joe Burrow, yeah, you can sure. have reasons to believe that if they do this the right way, they can be intent in contention immediately. And something to like to kind of talk about that and how, how does that happen? Like, yeah, like signing the right players in free agency matters. Like the Bengals got Trey Hendrickson, they got a Wouzier, they got a lot of really key pieces in free agency. They obviously drafted Jamar Chase, but the number one thing is what Matt Eberflus said that a lot of people forget about. He said, We're not gonna know our talent. Or, or how good our our team can be until we put in maximum effort. I mean, that is that that's how you will officially know. I, if I'm being completely honest, Jake, after 2018, I don't think we ever saw how good the Chicago Bears could have been between 2019 and 2021. Well, I yeah. think for those, well, yeah, years, you think, well, why yeah, think, but like, why do you like think we, those guys aren't here anymore. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm just saying, as a team, like that team to me, like had the talent to be very, very good, but they were not coached to be good, and they they were not. They, they were not developed to be as good as they could possibly be. And I think now I'm just, you will find that. What, I don't know why you're laughing at Because that. it's that's just like very, hot, hot take fresh off, the, no, no, no. fresh off the presses. Coach and GM that got fired didn't get the most out of their team. Well, Wild take. <laughs> Alert you know the I mean. news. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to go with this. But Alert the news. Stop it. Breaking news. Yes. I've had enough team that did team that did not meet expectations uh, are no longer coached or managed by the, the coach and general manager. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. You know what I mean? You get that one all by yourself. Bud? Uh, all right. You had your moment. <laughs> to I deserve it. I deserve it. Um, like you hear, now that you hear that it, one. you understand how, yeah, how that sounded, right? yeah, I'm, I'm thinking back on it now. And I'm we like, didn't, yeah, we didn't pretty... see the best of what the Chicago Bears could be. Oh no, shit. I mean, yeah, but like you know, like, like we, I'm like specific <laughs> games even. Like I'm not even talking about it as like a collective. Like you didn't even see like a game where it was like this team was at their best. Like there was no guy game hey, you're, that you're, they won. You're like telling me that the, the forty seven that the throttling of the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't inspire any faith in you two years ago? No, unfortunately not. It well, it did at the time. It did at the time. Don't don't get me wrong. It did at everybody at the time. After that Jaguars game, everyone's like, well, the Bears are back. Mitch is the guy and uh, Lasers is the play caller. And here we go. I don't know about Playoff everybody. run. But this might uh, be revisionist history. Nonetheless, the, the point is, and, and this is what polls resonated in the press conference, too. I mean, when you make a claim saying we're taking the North and we're not giving it back, that means, all right, you're doing that next year. Like, that's not. He didn't say this is going to be a process where we're going to build the team. Like, you will see. It's not like. 
it's not rare for a GM to go into a situation that needs rebuilding and say, look, we're going to, you know, take the time to draft the right players and it's going to be a few years. Like obviously not that verbatim, but they'll kind of explain that this isn't going to happen immediately. But I think when you have a franchise quarterback in his second year and you have this core, like a guy like Ryan Poles is a little bit more comfortable to say, Hey, without Aaron Rodgers in this division with the Vikings, who you consistently own with the lions, who are the lions, yeah, we can take the North back this year easily. Like it's not even like they should be favored. The moment Aaron Rodgers walks out of Green Bay, they should be favored to win the NFC North. I mean, they should be. And that's like that again, that's not like that's not a hot take. So right. I think mean, that's like, yeah. I'm well, I mean, that was that was part of the conversation but... even when Justin Fields was drafted. Like the Bears odds that got year. significantly shorter right after the draft. So right. to, and there is a point for the argument that, okay, the bears are like, they need to rebuild. They need to blow it up or they're not like, and I was, and I was a part of that. I was very much in that camp that this is not a good team. This is not a team that's going to get you anywhere. We saw the flashes. You have the quarterback. I'm not, I, I, I understand Ryan polls. I, I get what you're saying. Like, Oh, we can do this next year. I disagree with that slightly. I think that's a lot of not word salad, but like, that's very much a new GM in a new situation. Who's confident about what they have. Yes. Again, I'm not expecting them to be in the playoffs next year. I think you can be a playoff team in the 2023 season, but because we saw like there's, and we went over this already, you have a core there. It's just a matter of how you put the ancillary pieces around it. Now, and what else you do with that? And that's going to be a big part of this. And obviously Ryan Poles is going to be more motivated to get you back to the playoffs because you have the rookie quarterback I, well, not rookie anymore, but on his rookie deal. Right. You have the quarterback on the cheap deal. So that right. timeline is ticking. You have four more seasons of this. So, you know, if you could be- get back in the playoffs two years from right now, that gives you, you know, two two more seasons to really compete. So we'll see. I mean, well, I guess if I, if you're expecting to be in the playoffs the season after this one, that would give you that season and the two after that. So three really. But uh, obviously assuming that they pick up Fields fifth year option. So it, it depends. Like you have the core. It depends on what you do around it. It the build and that's where the build through the draft comes in. Obviously, you have to make smart free agent signings. You have to have the right coaches. You have to coach Justin Fields so that he progresses the way that you think he can. But it's definitely there. And that's kind of what I was talking about in the beginning off the top when I said like Ryan Poles was a little too rah-rah for me because you could, he was it, not a I little bit. Well, that's completely. what. But that's what I mean. Where you get that little bit interpretation, like, oh, he expects us to compete this year. But that's okay. good. I want that kind of confidence. I want the confidence, but also like that's where you kind of, as a rational fan and knowing like how the process oh, works. So I'm not rational now. Is this, ra- is this what we're is this what we're doing here? I'm not. Yeah. I, I I'm not. So that's kind of, I'm and not. that's why I'm here for. You kind of have to reel it back, take a step back, breathe, and say, okay. I caught, I'm caught up in this, you know, positivity easily could be, and it's very easy to, but at a certain point you have to step back, breathe and say, okay, where are we at realistically with this team in 2022, Ah. 2023? And then, because that's also what's so, I don't want to say dumb, but it's putting the cart before the horse to look at that and try to project for 2023, 24, 2020, because you have to actually see it on the field. You have to see the product. How does Matty Rufus put the rest of the staff together? Who does Ryan Pohl sign and draft? Then that's, a that's year a from now, a then a year point. from now, we could say, okay, the core took another step forward. Justin Fields took another step forward. Roquan Smith is finally getting respect as an all pro. Jalen Johnson is an all pro. Eddie Jackson looked like the Eddie Jackson or somewhat like the Eddie Jackson of old. Okay. Now what? Well, how did the rookies look? Did Darnell Mooney take another step forward? So it's like, okay, a year from now, we can do all this. Because we'll know more. And you'll have your first round pickback and you'll have a better idea of the situation. Right now, we don't even have a full coaching staff. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, it's I, like, I, I get you, it. You kind of have to, and that's what I mean. Like you take that step back, you breathe and you say, okay, there is, and that's what I, that's what the term cautious optimism is for, you know? Yeah, you can be optimistic that this could be a, you know, you know, like I, like I will be happy with a 500 team this year as long as Justin Fields takes that second step as long as your offensive lineman, the young, you know, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, stay healthy, as long as Dave Montgomery can stay healthy, if the defense mm. can kind of, you know, if the defense adapts to this new scheme, then I will start thinking playoffs. 
But think, right now, like I'll be happy with a 500 team. Do you think the Chargers were happy with an eight and six season that uh, missed out on the playoffs? See, here? okay, eight and six, that, that's, not eight and six. that's wait. But 11, the thing with the Chargers was like, again, eight, we're doing we're doing this thing with Herbert again. Like that's kind of what it comes back down to. Herbert broke records. Do we think do we think Justin know. Fields can be there eventually? Yeah. And do I think that you know Luke Etsy is the guy that can work with Fields? I hope so. But Justin Field or Justin Field, Justin Herbert was such a slam dunk, no doubt about it. Right. Can't miss guy after his rookie season because he started the whole year and he was un- well, not the whole year, but he was started ninety percent of the season and was unbelievable from wire to wire. Justin Herbert wowed us week in and week out. Justin Fields didn't have that; he was up and down. Yeah, like but we he, know his he, talent. We know his potential could we, be. But that's the thing. That's there. again when you have to take that step back and and. Look at but reality versus the potential. Uh, see, we, we, can't, where, no. we can't project Justin Fields. Again, Kevin, we don't have a full coaching staff. Yeah, but we're we don't know who his quarterback's coach is gonna we be. We don't need I'll tell you we don't need one. And this is why we're this is how we're looking at it differently. This is okay, we well, obviously need one, but this is where we look at it differently, and this is the lens that I'm seeing it through. I'm not seeing it through the fact that oh, I'm just like blind optimism. Like, don't get me wrong. There are times where, yeah, there is blind optimism coming from me. Don't get me wrong, but I'm under the assumption the reason why I have the projection for this team is the understanding of the fact of not in the future of what this team will be this year, but of what the team, you know, how better team could be because of the past. And that's the way I'm looking at this. I, for years, projected the Bears to be a playoff team perennially between 2018 and 2021 because I thought that team had the potential to do it. To me, they were held back by the coaching staff. They were held back by the organization that didn't allow them to get better and to reach that maximum potential. So I understand that and recognize that I have recognition of the fact that the team could have been better than what they were in the previous four years. And because of that, they will be better than what you expect them to be because you are evaluating them off of what they were the past four years, not off of what they could have been. And that is why my evaluation of the team was so high for those four years and will be so high for this year because I truly believe, and don't get me wrong, I could be wrong. Like I could be totally wrong about just how bad the Matt Nagy coaching staff and that whole you know regime was like I, it, sure. maybe it wasn't as bad as what we really thought and we'll find that out this year but i'm under the assumption that it was so bad that for four years you had playoff level talent which we kind of agreed with at the beginning of each season and they did not get there and now you retain a lot of those playoff caliber talent or playoff talent caliber players whatever i'm trying to say and you add a few pieces i have and and not just pieces you add a coach who has historically in his time as a coach, everywhere he's gone, proven he is extremely good at developing players, that is where you will see this team take a step up. So I and and see, you know, Isaac says the charges amount of high end talent is just that's not I agree, true. I agree with that. I disagree with that. I don't I, I don't look at their roster and be wowed by anything aside uh, uh, compared well, to the Bears, aside from well, here's, here's maybe the receiver the receiving core. Here's you would take Herbert over Fields right now. Uh, okay, uh, obviously. The I would. I, and I, aside I mean, from obviously, yes. I mean, you, you're probably taking Eckler over Montgomery. I, I'll take a group of what you're, they have. You're, you're I'll take. Also, I'll take Montgomery, taking, Herbert, and Cohen over Austin Eckler and Josh. You're also Kelly. taking all f- their top three receivers before you're yes, taking that's anyone what I said. on the Bears. I said, I said, that's what I said. I said outside yeah, of the receiver. I mean, Derwin James, and obviously. QB. I, and I also think your your point about like you have playoff caliber players. You've lost a lot of those, not a lot, but you've lost some of those. Like you're losing Akeem Hicks, you lost Kyle okay. Fuller, you lost Adrian nah. Amos, who we started to maybe think was the reason Eddie Jackson played so well. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, you have Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn, but like I, I agree with Isaac. The Chargers have more high end talent. It's also like <laughs> their coaching situation was even worse than Nagy. Like their the Chargers situation was worse previous to uh what's his face staley you know pr- prior to staley that was even worse than what the Nagy regime was it was well yeah it was putrid it was so bad so i i just think that the bears you have to dial back and we have to see the development i i agree with you there's potential but looking at what we know and what we saw over the last couple of years just an improvement to 500 as a win. And then you could start thinking, all right, playoffs. Because also the Chargers do, did what the Chargers sure. always right, do, fine. and they couldn't make it to the finish line. And that's just, that's historically what the Chargers do, though. Like, the, exactly. it, they're cursed. So, 
And that's moral, well, that's a conversation. Yeah. Well, that's moral a conversation. Yeah. What's the moral of the story, Jake? Tell me. You have a good thing. It, it seems like a good thing. They can continue to build on this optimism if they continue to get the coaching hires, right? Taking mm-hmm. more people from the defensive side in Indianapolis is not something I'm going to be mad at. That's the next thing I want to see. I want to see who the quarterback's coach is. I don't think it's going to be Pep Hamilton, but I think that, like there's definitely something like I saw Joe Brady floated out there. I would love Joe Brady as the quarterback's coach. That would be, that would be that's a, that's a un- steal. Believable steal of the steal. century is what that would be. Mm-hmm. So they continue to do the right moves like that. Then I'll then that optimism is going to grow because that's naturally it's easy to be optimistic right now. A regime change, you're always going to be optimistic. Like you're always set. Kind of that dial is turned more <laughs> yes. towards the optimistic side. That's like true. again, they they would have had to completely blow it <laughs> for us to be negative about this team right now. Like they would have had to completely blow uh, it, and they didn't. They said the right things. And again, so like back to us, moral of the story for the first time ever. And this is the point that I'm going to push like this. I'm going to push this most of all through anything for the first time in 10 years, you have alignment GM to coach or to quarterback GM to coach to quarterback. You have alignment. All three, the three most important guys are all on the same page. That's the first time you've had that since the lovey Smith era. First time, first time possibly ever. You know, so that is the most important part of this because they're all making collaborative decisions. Oh God, you just what, said it. Collaborative. Here we go. It's, it's, but, it's Matt and Ryan. Once again, here we go. I mean, they're all, they're one. I mean, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. I never had right. that. They're all connected. They're all like same brain. Same. But mind. what's the difference too? Like you, you, they're all connected, but what's the thing that also this, this, they have that the others don't is a quarterback who's, we believe really, really good. Like, Right. Even if you want to believe there has been alignment at some point in the history of the Chicago Bears, I can assure you that the potential of that quarterback from what we know right now is not greater than what we believe the potential of Justin Fields could be. And that's where, again, the difference for how you view this team going forward changes. Like when, you know, Matt Nagy came in, like, I don't know. I, I can't remember where I was at with Mitch at the time. I mean, I, I guess at that point we were still pretty optimistic about it. We were kind of in the same boat because Mitch's rookie year yeah. was on Fox. So we but we also kinda... knew that, Deshaun Watson and Patrick. Well, I guess at sure. the time we didn't know Patrick Holmes was going to be anything because he sat out that first season. Right, but but like, we also assumed that pick was same right. Whereas, like, you sure. kind of had an up and down rookie season. Mitch started; he wasn't the starter that first year. He came in to replace Mike Glennon. You're kind of in the same boat in a way, not yeah. mean, very broad. You know, painting with a very broad brush here, but there are similarities there. Yeah, I mean that's fair enough. But yeah, nonetheless, I mean. Yeah, I, I, you're you're feeling good about the direction of the franchise for the first time because three months ago you weren't. If three months ago you were worried that three weeks three ago, months, no, three weeks, that's three months, three, three weeks, three weeks. That's what I meant. Three weeks ago you were Earlier worried about. Month. Yes, I mean we were we were literally ripping this franchise to shreds by the way they handle things. You know, after right. the George McKeskey press conference and the fear that we had of what would go, what was going to happen during this hiring process. I mean, that's the thing that we should probably think about before we head out of here, just as a reminder to Bears fans, how fearful we kind of were that they weren't going to get this right, that this was going to be same old Bears doing everything wrong again and again. And, you know, again, it's something we won't know for a long time. And again, most, like Jake says consistently, most of the hires, like at the time that they're hired, are never considered the, quote, wrong choice, unless this guy was, uh, you know, I don't know, just doing bad things in a different place and that was we were all aware of that like you won't know but it's it's the little things that jake talks about it's the alignment it's the things that they say it's the way they talk about how they're going to structure this organization and the mentality and the philosophy those things all matter and based off what i heard today and everything i've heard i have reasons to believe that for the first time in a long time this franchise is headed the right direction so right right i mean like i said earlier in the show like three weeks ago we were we were in the pit of misery and now it's they did the process right. They used the search committee. They picked a GM that they believe in. They let the GM pick a coach he believes in. The coach is backing the quarterback. It's all going like you were in a much, much better spot. And yeah, we're not going to know how good they are. Maybe not even next year. It might take two years, three years. But uh-huh. I mean, it's so far so good. If if Masashi is special teams coach, I will I will celebrate that. That's 1000% a very good thing. Look at what he did with the Raiders. Unbelievable. Yeah. Besides you, I mean, hire him yesterday. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I think things are moving positively. I, I mean, Bubba, welcome back. Haven't seen you in a while. 
when the Bulls finally did something right last year. Yeah. It feels similar. It feels now, similar. It Arturus feels similar. was one of the best hires. Yeah, in, yeah in that was a slam dunk that hire. From, I mean, that, that was a slam dunk hire from the jump. So obviously we don't know that much about polls. We can't, you know, put that. It's not as stamp of approval right away, but you feel good about it. And so you're moving in the right direction. Cautiously optimistic. And I think that's fine. So Joe Brady and Rich Versace next. And we'll keep it moving from there, please. <laughs> yep. But to all the commenters, listeners, viewers, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. You are the best, as always. Good day, we appreciate Sarah. you coming back. Some of you we haven't seen in a while came back today. Love you guys. Welcome back. We will be back at some point to break down the continued development of this as the coaching staff fills out, as the roster continues to fill out, as things continue to progress. We'll be here. We'll break it down. We hope you guys are here, too. So until next time. See you later. We love you. And as always, bear it out.